How to Survive Until You're Published, Season 1, Episode 3, How to Get Started, Part 2. Okay, hey everybody, welcome to How to Survive Until You're Published, the podcast, because if you're drowning in words, so are we, and you might as well not do it alone. I'm Amy. And I'm Megan. So, last episode, we had Jessica come on to talk about how she gets started in her writing process and what her writing process is in general. Um, But as was alluded during that podcast episode, everyone's process is so different. Um, We kind of talked about the difference between a plotter and a pantser, but maybe let's elaborate on that a little bit more before we dive further in to our writing processes and some other ideas on how to get started, where to get your ideas, and where you start in your writing. So Amy, could you define for us really quick what a plotter is versus what a pantser is, and which one are you? You kind (laughs) of said already. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, a plotter is one that plots everything out very detailedly, um, uses the three-act structure, four-act structures, or save the cat very religiously and pulls everything out. A pantser is one that really, they call it riding by the seat of your pants. So um, just sitting down and just going for it. Um, and I have kind of found I'm a little bit in between. Um, I, Since I'm character driven, I kind of need to write my characters and how they grow to understand kind of how the plot is going to match them. So I have to write a little bit and then plot a little bit and then keep writing and then plot a little bit. It's a little messy, (laughs) but it somehow works. I think that's kind of the, I don't know, everyone's is a little messy, right? I don't think it can be 100% organized. Um, Well, to an extent, right? It gets messy as you're writing. Um, But on the flip side, I consider myself a plotter. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. definitely like to outline everything, sometimes even down to the scene Mm -hmm. that I'm going to write and what it is that my characters need to be doing and accomplishing in that scene. Not just the chapter, but the scene. Um, And it does take me a little bit to get there. But I found that when I was just trying to sit down and write without doing that, I got nowhere. I'd always get stuck, especially in the middle because I just did not know where I was going. I didn't understand my characters well enough. So I feel like me having to outline everything, it makes me understand my characters on a more individual level and their arcs and how that arc should progress throughout the story. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely Megan. She's really <laughs> good at it. <laughs> really good at it. Um, so um, we're gonna talk about that a little bit more, but. Um, I, I want to div- dig into how we get our ideas. So I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that I have a hard time coming up with ideas for a story. Um, they kind of seem few and far between. Um, I have a notepad on my phone. I call it the cork board coming from a, a book that I, that I read once. And I'll put down little snippets of ideas there, but they're, they don't come very often. Um, so Megan, how do you come up with ideas? Oh, it's, that's a hard question, but it's a good one. Uh, so I feel like all of my ideas originate from various places. Um, like just the other day, 
I was sitting in a movie theater and the movie trailer inspired an idea for a project that I'm starting to outline now. And it wasn't even the movie itself, but more the vibes that it was giving off. So I, I would say probably consuming a lot of media. And Jessica kind of talked about this a little bit, right? Um, finding other stories that you like and bouncing off of those. So reading a lot. Um, watching movies, analyzing the story in TV shows and like the screenwriting. Um, I've also sometimes gotten my ideas from Dungeons and Dragons. So sometimes it's not even necessarily my creative thing, but maybe another player at the table as we're playing says something and it sparks an idea like, oh, that would actually be a really funny character in a story or that would be a funny scenario to write. I don't know. What about you? Where do you get your ideas from? So uh, primarily, I'm I'm a tropes person um, because I write romance. I, yeah, um, I I like going by tropes. So for example, um, I have a I have a son. He's about one year old, and we watched Lady and the Tramp um, a few weeks ago, and I was so fascinated by the basic trope of they call it the lady killer falls in love, um, and I was like, oh man. That is something that I would have so much fun writing, um, being able to explore the emotions and the change of the characters, and um, and so I um, I studied the trope. I don't know if anybody's heard of TVTropes.com, right? Um, I went on there and I looked up that trope, and um, for that specific, you can look it up by movie, and it'll give you like a hundred tropes that are within that movie. And so um, I found the trope that I was looking for and I did some study with it and I um, have started crafting an idea that I'm going to do with that. So um, yeah, everybody's just so different. It's, um, it's, but wherever you get your ideas, um, they're still your own. I remember that. Make them Yeah, your own. it's just, it's kind of like what Jessica said find a story idea that you like and then make it unique in your own way. Because, I mean, if you look at stories throughout all of history, a lot of them follow the same pattern. But it's because we as humans like to relate to that and we can relate to that. Um, like the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. It is a notorious outline, you could say, or like pattern that stories follow. I mean, you see it in Star Wars, you see it in Harry Potter, you see it in almost all forms in every form of literature and movie nowadays. Um, but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Um, also tropes, because I know a lot of times, at least I don't know if you heard this, kind of returning to you get your ideas from tropes. When I first started writing, people told me to stay away from tropes. Mm -hmm. And I have come to find through studying the craft and talking to more writers and authors, that's not necessarily true, right? Mm -hmm. It's just making the trope unique. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you gotta make it fun still. Yeah, like uh, if anybody's read um, standard romance novels, all of them are all built on a basic trope. And even if you haven't read them, if you've seen a rom-com, I'm <laughs> sure you could imagine some of the similar tropes and kind of formulas of a story. Yeah, yeah, and they're all, um, it's it's a powerful resource to, to build off of. Um, it's, if anybody, well, we should define a trope. A trope is just kind of, a um, enemies to lovers, just kind of a basic stereotype of a story. Um, so it's it, it can be a good building block for yourself to say, oh, you know what? I love the idea of a man 
that has tons of girls around him and there's another girl that catches his eye. I want to write about that. Yeah, and um, to give you like the actual definition, even though I think that's a good relatable one we can all relate to, a literary trope is the use of a, a figurative language, be a word, phrase, or an image for artistic effect, um, such as using like a figure of speech, but it is also describing commonly recurring literary and rhetorical devices, motifs, or cliches in like creative works, like you were saying, like mm -hmm. enemies to lovers or hero's journey. Okay, moving away from tropes and how to generate ideas and kind of just going back to getting started. Um, we've mentioned that some of the key elements of the story that you'll need are gonna be your plot, theme, character, and your world. And the tricky part's always integrating them together in order to form the story. So Amy, you kind of already mentioned that a lot of the times you start with your characters. Do you wanna elaborate on that and then how you then go from your characters to getting your theme, your plot, and your world, specifically if your idea comes from character. So if my idea comes from a character, um, I to think about the theme, I have to discover the wants and the needs of the character. Um, the want being the external goal that the character wants that is tied to the plot, and the need being the character's inter internal need that they don't actually know that they need. Um, so it, once I can divide that, I take, I take that need and I tie that need to the theme because the theme is your overarching, um, per, like, what's the word, uh, purpose of your story, like mm -hmm. what you want to teach per se. Yeah. And I know when people hear like, oh, you're teaching a moral, it sounds like preaching. No, it's, if you think about any story though, there's always some overarching thing. I mean, even in Harry Potter, it's love, mm -hmm. right? Love conquers all. That's kind of her overarching theme that the characters learn again and again throughout this story. And it's essential to every story. And even if it might not be outright stated in there, yeah, it's there. It yeah. exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it needs to, because if you really want your character to, to grow and progress, they need to have a reason to, and that's where your theme yeah, comes from. Yeah. And I think that's where your readers are yeah. and your audience is going to relate to your story. Yeah. Is yeah. if you have that theme in there. That's why they're invested. So when you have, when you come up with those, you come up with the theme and then the plot is always the tricky part. Um, because you need to form a plot that will put the character in situations where they're faced with their with their need. Um, and it's for example, like if you face them at the midpoint, they have to they are gonna experience that mirror moment where they're faced with it face to face and they have to say no and then you know continue forward. And so um, you have to discover how to get the character there. To that what point. is it that's going to make them change and yeah. to learn that lesson that yeah. they need to learn? Yeah, um, and that ties well. Megan's going to talk about this, but that ties into the world building too. You have to your world has to uh, like put those parameters there for that to happen. Yeah, and I mean it. Kind of if you're taking any part of this and you're starting with any one of these main elements, it's really going to overlap how you're going to get your story in general. Um, because similarly, like Amy said, in a world, you're still going to need to figure out how your character interacts with that world. And I mean, if you start your idea with a world, you're probably going to be looking at what problems does this world have? Mm -hmm. And 
then what problems is that going to give my character? Yeah. What character could fit into this world and what kind of lessons would they need to learn to interact with this world, right? Mm -hmm. You see this a lot in, well, you see it in every story, but one distinct example I can think of that is kind of a unique problem. Well, you see it a lot in dystopian novels. I'm going to reference a lot of dystopian novels because that's what I like to write and that's what I read a lot of. Mm -hmm. But one example of world building and how you could then generate the other elements from that idea comes back to The Hunger Games, where Suzanne Collins um, has this unique world where they have this massive problem where they're making children fight to the death. And the problem her character is facing that they could react with the world in the most interesting way would be to be in the ring themselves. Because, I mean, if you took that concept in that world and had the character on the sidelines watching it, that wouldn't really be the most compelling story. So if you're starting with your world, you really need to think, okay, what's the most interesting about this world? And how can my character interact with it? What problems is it going to cause? What wants do they have that exist within that world? But what would they need out of that too? And that's going to then create your theme from those wants and needs of the characters. Because every story should be character driven, but it doesn't mean you have to start with your characters to get Mm -hmm. a good story. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I usually do the world last because it is my weak point. Um, And it's, um, but I'm learning how important it is because if you have good, great characters and you have a great plot, the world can just add so much more to that it can really be a perfect icing on the cake that really pulls everything and drives it forward. Um, the the novel I'm working on now, um, I'm dis- my my the the people that I'm working with have been um, taken over. They're they're in an occupation where they're being forced to work for this other country, and um, it's it's a great basic outline. But I've discovered that I need to dig in deeper and find more details and find more parts about that world in order to strengthen, help strengthen my characters and the experiences they're going through and the things that they're facing um, because it can it can really it can really enhance that experience. Yeah, and we'll talk a lot more about that in later arcs as we dive into character and into world building and how these outside influences can either just drive the plot of your story further or drive your character's motivations and their arc further. Um, But once you have, we're going to kind of shift gears here. Mm -hmm. Amy, once you have those basic elements of a story kind of figured out, your general plot, the theme you want, your character, and the basic world, where do you start writing? So um, I I, I think both of us do this. Um, That at least this is what I've been trying to do is establish a few basic plot points that I know. Like the major... Like the major ones. So like the inciting incident right at the beginning, the midpoint, and then the end. Um, Being able to picture those scenes in your mind. And I mean, that doesn't always happen for me. This is an ideal world. Um, (laughs) But if I can picture at least a few very key scenes, um, sometimes I'll sit down and write them. Sometimes I'll just picture them in my head. I find myself writing those scenes before I go to bed at night, um, which has actually been very helpful because it kind of it helps me look forward to that to think okay how would I build this out and it's kind of like what Jessica referenced in our previous episode it's the road map right mm-hmm. you know the general destination because if you don't have any idea of where you're going 
you're just gonna meander and yeah. get so lost. And that's, I think, where people get stuck in their murky middle Yeah. that everyone's so afraid of writing in their novels. But having yeah. those key scenes, whether or not you write them down, because I know I, I do write them down, mm -hmm. um, but even and if I you just have them pictured in your mind, it gives you a little bit more of a roadmap to work with for your story. Yeah, yeah, and so when I sit down to write, I have to write chronologically um, because I have to watch the character's progression and see how they are emotionally from one point to the next. Um, so, and, and I, I do, I do pants a little bit, um, all, all kind of pants in the plot and pants in the plot. I think I said that before, but yeah. that's just kind of how, how it, I mean, yeah, that's kind of how, how I go for me. Um, but yeah. What about you, Megan? Um, I definitely, I tried writing chronologically and I would always get stuck. The only way I've ever been able to finish a story is if I write out of order, which seems really backwards, but I had someone suggest it to me and I did it begrudgingly at first because I was like, oh, there's no way you can write a story out of order. And I was like, oh, actually, it worked. I, I wrote a story out of order and I finished a novel, cool. Um, that being said though, then you have to keep in mind things that you might have to go back and add in. Mm -hmm. Or if you have a very set scripted end scene written before you write the beginning scene, you then have to really think about, okay, well, where would my character be and what would they do that would get them to that scene I've already written? Mm -hmm. And kind of, it keeps you a little bit, gives you a little bit narrower of a focus and keeps you to a stricter outline, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it can't be broken and then fixed and yeah. edited. You might just find you're doing a little bit more editing on some stuff you've already written. Yeah. Um, but there's not necessarily anything wrong with that either. Yeah, and I think I think that's all part of discovering your process. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is just so different and it takes experimenting, trying different ways, trying new things to figure out what really works for how for how it works for you and doing a little bit of a little bit of both. Like I have tried writing a few scenes out of order and it's helped me. Um, but it, it's, you just got to experiment. You just got to test it out. You got to try. Yeah. I think being willing to like change your process mm -hmm. and try new things too, because yeah. I mean, I'm still doing that. Something that Jessica said, and I'm going to reference back to her interview a lot, but, um, she said to start with your pitch and I mm -hmm. was like mind blown. She's actually not the only person who I know who's done that. Um, when we were pitching our queries, at the writing conference, there was a bunch of us kind of waiting outside to go in and talk to some agents to pitch our story. And quite a few of us already had our full written manuscripts as we're going in to pitch to these agents. And we were all kind of asking each other about these stories and I can't remember who it was, but she's like, oh, no, I haven't written this story yet. I just wanted to see if it would be a good idea. So she wrote her pitch first and she was gonna pitch it before she wrote it. That being said, and I will preface this, outside of a convention where they're critiquing your pitch, I would never send a <laughs> query letter to an agent without a full manuscript. Yeah. But I feel like having a pitch can give you more direction mm -hmm. to your story and kind of keep you focused. Even if you don't plot the whole thing out, it helps you remember what you're writing and what the kind of key points of your story are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Um, so... Um, yeah, so our we want to leave you with a challenge today, just like what we usually do. Um, we want you to go out and find five new story ideas. Yep, we'll do it too. Um, but thank you for listening to our episode of How to Survive Until You're Published, the podcast. 
Because if you're drowning in words, so are we, and you might as well not do it alone. <laughs> See you next time.